0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Elfpipe Podcast. This is episode 4 with Ariette Biddick. Today I'm speaking with Ariette Biddick, a British horse rider. In this conversation, Ariette will share some stories about her international career, the horse show jumping world, the relationship with her very special horse, AKA Henry, and some other revelations. Enjoy the talk and enjoy the ride. Hello, Harriet. Thank you for uh, joining this conversation. Thank you for uh, accepting this invitation. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Our pleasure. Actually, I wanted to start with, sometimes I see people being addressed as horse riders, but also jumpers. I should say that you are a horse rider.
1: Yeah, a rider. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: I think so. For what I've researched, you started riding from a very early age. I've seen there is some very deep uh, connection from with the horses world in your family.
1: Yeah, so I was I was really lucky. So my father was a rider. So the like he he actually did racing in st- like a different discipline. And so I was lucky. That I grew up with horses around me, and it was very easy for me to access that as, as like the countryside and things like that. I've grown up on a farm, so we do cows and we farm, um, we harvest and things like that. So it was a really nice place to have horses, and I was really lucky that that was available to me as a child. Um, I think my dad always wanted us to ride, so um, as soon as we were old enough, he had a pony, and we would. I'm one of three sisters, so we'd be riding together and um, yeah, so I was, I was very lucky as a child.
0: And you all ride, you, you and your sister? Uh, yeah,
1: we all ride, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. My older sister, she works in Hong Kong, but she rides when she comes home and my younger sister just kind of leisurely, Not neither of them compete or anything like that, oh, okay. but they, it's all there available because I have them there so they can ride whenever they want.
0: <laughs> so you, you were the one who took it seriously? Yeah,
1: I'm the it. one who was serious about it as a career, whereas, um, it's more leisure, like, it's available to them if they want it. Sure. My dad was very, um, yeah, persistent, and he was a really good teacher when we were younger, and he taught us well to have, like, a naughtier pony that was younger, um, to produce and make better, and then we were lucky to have, like, a pony that was a bit older, that more experienced, that could teach us at the same time, so we had to work hard, like, we had to sell them and, make money and help him in that sense but um yeah he was very determined to to for us to be good
0: <laughs> well it's paying off I, I, I think. so uh, yeah well that was uh, one of my points to you because I also saw that you started in the production or producing horses also since uh, a yeah. very early uh, stage for for us that uh, we are not really from the the horses world just to understand a little bit What's the connection between, or if if that helps your professional uh, competition side, uh, the fact that you are also involved with production?
1: Yeah. So for us, um, it had to be to like help fund everything. That um, if you can buy like a horse, a younger horse, and then produce it, so teach it a few more new things, then you could hopefully get a profit. Like sometimes it didn't work like that. Horses right. are animals, so some are easier than others. But it was a risk to help. Keep older, good ones to help the success come. So for me, I've produced younger horses, but kept, if they were really good, I've kept them to help with my career that I can't do it without making money at the same time. Right. So, it, yeah, I have to keep some and then sell some just to help fund everything.
0: And is it, so I understand that the financial adv- advantage of producing horses supports your 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 competitive side and yeah. the other way around, it's also uh, like the, the fact that you are so involved in, in, in riding also helps you <laughs> production or this is oh. a stupid question.
1: Yeah. So like um, producing and selling, if you're like a good rider, yeah. people approach you so yeah. they can approach you and say, okay, I have this really nice horse. Yeah. I bought it for a lot of money, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And maybe you're, they can own the horse and then yeah. they choose you to ride it. So in our career, the horses we ride, we ride for like a while. So, the owners might choose you to ride them, but we don't just get on at a show and ride them. We train them at home. We get them fit. We get a connection with them, and then we compete them. So, it's it's nice. It's not like racing is very different. They they get given the horse in the more like before the race and they ride it. Whereas show jumping, we do all the producing and yeah, do all the exercises and try and get them fit and strong. So you become like a team.
0: It wasn't never conflictive for you in terms of time-consuming and energy-consuming, or it's it's complementary. Uh,
1: it, it's busy, like yeah. for us, because they're an animal; like they can't look after themselves. So we our week is very busy. Like we'd get up early in the morning to feed, um, give them their breakfast, give them their hay, make sure right. they've got loads of water, get, keep them clean, then exercise them, and then like lunch, they need more food. They need like especially the good ones; they have very specific like very particular diets. Um, So you're looking at the nutrition, being correct for the right energies, kind of similar to any sports um, with anyone. So um, diet is very important to get the right energy levels. Obviously, if you feed them too much energy, then it's going to be quite difficult to control Mm. them or too little and they lose their energy really fast. And it's difficult because for us, like horses can't say what they need. You Mm. have to see it from their performance. So like... you have to learn about the animal a lot and like people at a high level know that they're it's not just okay they're a skilled rider but they also all the other factors come in that they have to know their horse they have to know when it's feeling good know when it's going to peak know when it might just dip a little bit like the same as same as anyone in their sport know when they're feeling well and when they're not feeling well and even like injuries for them are really sometimes they can't tell you if they're sore somewhere so you have to find it and it, yeah. So you have to know them really well. So yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting.
0: In the majority of the sports, uh, you need to take care of yourself mostly, uh, but yeah, in your in your sport, the experience is really different because you need to take care of yourself and you need to take care of one or several horses. So mm. where's the balance? First of all, the question is, where's the balance in terms of your own preparation and, and the yeah. horse's preparation? And you already touched base a bit on that, but what's your, what are your thoughts about that?
1: So, like, for us, we have to have quite a big team of people so to support what we do. So, um, like, my horse would have a physio, and, like, I might have a physio. Like, for me, I need a physio. So, um, And then the... Like the vets, that everyone that helps you, and then the people, the the staff at home. So say if I do have, at the moment I have fourteen horses that I'm competing. I can't do that on my own. Like they all need exercising, they all need to be done. But I'm really lucky that I have amazing support from staff at home. I have two girls that have worked for me for a while. One is a manager, so she like manages the their nutrition, how they're feeling, what they're looking like, and she works them on like she does more groundwork with them. So say flat work like not jumping just um, exercising and getting them supple. and then I have another girl that's my rider and then she does more of the younger horses the less experienced and helps keep pushing them up to a level where I can take them on because I, I can't when I'm away so with show jumping we travel a lot mainly through, through Europe so it takes me I'm I drive them out there so it takes me a day or two to drive to my destination and then with only three or maybe two or three horses, so you then leave so many at home. You need such a good team to keep the fitness, know them, and know if there's anything wrong. So it's a massive team of people that support um, support us, and and yeah, we have so many more. Like you have to have a good horse, but they have a an age where they get to a certain age, they're not they're not going to get any better, or they get injuries or things like that. And then you have to have a team behind you that of horses that can kind of come up and take their place. So right. it always has to keep rolling. So it's quite there's a lot to, there's a lot at home that goes on not just the rider the rider gets a lot of the publicity and right. the sponsors and the support and the name but the team behind is just as important.
0: It's and it's very demanding because uh, two of my best friends there also uh, horse riders and yeah. it's it feels for me that it's like a 24 hour <laughs> 7 uh, job yeah. <laughs> I mean
1: it's great being outside and yeah. like thank god at the moment England is actually sunny which right. is crazy yeah. Um, so we're actually out in good weather whereas in the winter when it's cold and it's raining and it's windy you still have to do the same process yeah. you still have to be outside you still have to look after them and they get thicker rugs and like more like you have to do loads more to them in the winter, and it gets more difficult because it's muddy and just horrible <laughs> in yeah, England. Yeah. I know.
0: <laughs> I'm also <laughs> a, a hockey coach, so I know I know what the, what you're experiencing yeah. that in that sense. But yeah. okay, you cannot have it all, and it, it's no. great to have the opportunity of uh, uh, to, to yeah. be involved in sports that, that we we love. So I, I feel you there for sure. <laughs> and when you talk about that all that that team and all that support and so much um, energy is invested in in you and in the horse uh, do you feel that it changed in the last couple of years in terms of science and in terms of technology and in terms of uh, the the way people are looking into the rider as an athlete and and the horse as an athlete. I don't know if this is ridiculous yes, to say. Yes,
1: no, it, it has changed so much. So, um, like years ago, it used to be like there used to be people that were a bit bigger or or like drinking a lot and right. stuff like that. And and now I think sport has become so much more professional and um, and there's all the little elements of kind of getting those one percent from whatever you can. And as a rider, so for me, I do as weird as it, like I really like my yoga. So just stuff like that and keeping strong I'm and fit. I know it looks to people from the outside that wouldn't understand horses that, you know, the rider gets to sit there and the horse does most of the work, but actually you have to be really strong. You have to have so much balance. You, the like your balance has to be in the center. If you, if you like move around too much, the horse gets really unbalanced and, like dad used to always explain it of if you're running and you had a sack of potatoes in a rucksack on your back if they were like the rucksack wasn't secure you would run like you would find yeah. it really uncomfortable but if the rucksack was secure and balanced then you could move and go faster and do more things and that's how it is with riding the rider is just as important as the horse you can't you can't um have a bad rider and a good horse it, they only get to a medium level. There's only so much the horse can do for the bad rider. Right. Whereas a good horse and a good rider, then they can do everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also I feel that if you are fit, you are mentally more stable as well. So uh, yeah, and, and hopefully you are also mentally more stable. So, and if that yeah. can give you that. That small margin or that small edge, why not? That's high performance sports, right? Now, getting back a bit to your career then, you have a very uh, strong progression and then that you started competing for the youth uh, teams of GB since 2011 or at least in the under 21 from from Mm -hmm. the moment on and then you, you had your... Senior your debut in uh, around 2014 if i'm not wrong if the information i've, I've seen it's it's correct no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, h- yeah. how how is that what the, does that mean for a...
1: yeah so for for me like when we kind of talked about earlier that we had to produce horses and then keep them if they were good that takes quite a lot of time so for horses they are they come to their prime at um like nine years old onwards it is, it's like when a horse gets good and horses' right. career would maybe go on until they're 16, 17, if you're lucky, if they right. don't suffer from injuries. So you have a time scale. So um, my good horse that I managed to get on the team, GB teams in 2014, I had from a five-year-old and we bought him then. And then it took me like five years to get on the team then. Right. Um, so there's so much work that goes into that. So when you reach what you've planned, when you've bought him, you're hoping that it's the right right thing for that you bought the right horse and then when you keep them you're hoping that they're going to not suffer from injury yeah and it takes time and so when you hit that international level or jumping for team gb our debut we jumped so in show jumping you jump as a four um four of us jumped together and we ended up winning and we were the youngest team wow. and we were all it was it was two of our debuts and then the other two i think had been on two uh gb teams and we ended up winning and we got so much publicity because it was like quite unheard of when we were up against such good riders, but that was like the best feeling ever. It was kind of like all that work I've done for, I mean, since I was little had come together and and we were good enough. I've been picked for this team and I had to prove myself and we managed to prove ourselves. So yeah, representing your country and for anyone is one of the best feelings I think.
0: So as much as there is all that um, energy invested, there is, uh, I felt there is some luck, uh, there's some luck element there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Especially from from the, I think, and what I I see also uh, is that sometimes you, when you invest in a new horse, uh, it needs to go, it needs to be the right bet, right? And you never know. Yeah,
1: the risk, like it's always, it's a risk in a positive way but a risk also negative because sometimes horses are animals like they can't they they aren't predictable you can buy a good horse and for one rider it looked amazing and then you ride it and you're like oh my god it's not the same for me i'm not the right person for this but um yeah so they can it it can be a risk in that sense obviously it's amazing if it goes well but yeah big risk.
0: <laughs> what was the, the, the horse that you or the most successful or at least the horse that you had the the strongest connection?
1: Yeah so the horse that I have a really strong connection with is the one that I was just describing that we did the teams on in 2014. Okay. So he's now um he's called well he's called a touch Purist, but his stable name is Henry. So I think <laughs> we're called Henry because um so he's he's a legend. Um, he's just we produced him ourselves. He's got me from there to jumping on five-star like teams as well for Great Britain. Um, he's really good at what they call a derby, which is quite a different type of course, which has ditches and banks and stuff like that. And he's very versatile, but he's also he has so much character because he is not your typical beautiful show jumper that goes around really lovely and looks like it has so much power. He um, he's quite um extraordinary like, ugly looking. A working and class. He, a working
0: class. <laughs> yeah,
1: he oh, goes around awkwardly but he does it so well so if he defeats any if anyone says like they have to go like this, I can always say, well Henry Henry didn't and he was really good. <laughs> so all of his talent was natural and not so stylish, but um he was just all the time I just felt he'd try, try, try. And he's now 16, yeah, um, and still feeling amazing and like really happy. He's the first one in the morning that bangs for his breakfast. And <laughs> he's got so much character, He, he like he's, he's a great horse. So,
0: area at his 16, is yeah, is in the end of his career, yeah, yeah.
1: but kind of, okay. I kind of feel you like don't want, you don't going. want that though, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> He defeats all rules, so he might go on until he's 18, 19, because okay. he's just—he's a bit weird and he's a bit of a freak. So maybe he'll carry on for ages, but he feels really good. He's always, in his years, he's progressed better and better and better over the, like, 16, 15 was his best year, and 16 he did really well as well, but didn't get the same opportunity because they with GB they thought his age, maybe he's going to struggle, mm. so he didn't get picked last year but he was still jumping very well and I think I'll just carry on and until he tells me like he'll tell me through just injuries or not feeling 100% struggling at a height that gets big um, or not making things that he would make really well um, so I just he'll I'll know through him because I've known him so well.
0: <laughs> you feel it so you're saying that you, 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 you know him very well you feel that so that's connection that link you develop with horses you feel when they are having a bad day or there's something wrong with them
1: yeah i think you do like it doesn't have to be obvious like for us you know um anyone if they're they're lame like if they don't if they're not if you've got like you're running and you find you feel really sore and you start like hopping you know that's obvious but a horse you can tweak your back and you can still walk normally so there's things like that that they don't have to look wrong but they would feel wrong to you Mm -hmm. so um, he would he's one that if he lost his energy or it would started struggling or finding it difficult then i'd know that he's obviously feeling sore somewhere or or maybe it's just got to the point where it's too big now that he doesn't have the same power
0: right well i hope for henry a couple of more (laughs) years (laughs) in the the highest level (laughs) You briefly spoke about derby and I saw that it's something really important uh, in, in your career. It's something that um, you, let's say that you have a natural uh, talent <laughs> for, for that um, competition. So could you tell me a little bit about about that and what, what makes the derby so so special?
1: So um, in show dumping, most of the time it's like pole fences and... Um, very tricky and big, but nothing scary for the horse. So some things might be, but by the time they jump the big fences, they're used to all of these things. Yeah. But the derby is one class a year where they change all, like everything to things they never would jump in the year. So it's something they wouldn't see except for once a year, of um, unless you train them. But it, you do hedges with poles on top. You do ditches, so like holes in the ground yeah. with poles on top. And everything is really big so the derby the fences are bigger than what they would be normally in a grand prix but they are just a single fence so in a grand prix you might have four or five in a row but in the derby they're bigger but they're one so it's like a kind of a joker kind of can you jump this high yeah, yeah. um and with it being difficult so some horses would find it difficult because the height would scare them and then the higher they jumped the more, the more they got scared because they were like, these are too big. Hmm. Whereas, so it's it's high, but it's also scary. Yeah, so they do like a, a bank where you have to slide down and it's a, twi- I think it's a 12 foot um, drop and it's nearly vertical. So the horse has to slide down and then it has two steps to a one meter 60 vertical. Wow. So a vertical is just like a single pulse. And you have to go down 12 foot and then jump one meter 60. So some horses would find that like, okay, I yeah, can't do
0: this. Of
1: course. <laughs> so I've been really lucky that I've, when I was younger with dad being racing and I had so much um, variety in my riding. So I would grow up jumping logs, ditches, hedges. Um, so for me, that's not scary, mm-hmm. but for some riders, it is scary because yeah. it's unnatural for them. Yeah. So it helps that I kind of am confident that it's okay. And with horses and riders, they can feel like, if you're scared, they're like, why are you scared? Um, What's wrong? What's scary? So you have to, even a little feeling they can feel if you're a bit tense or something. So uh, I'm relaxed. And then I guess Henry's the horse that does the derbies. And I guess he's relaxed because he just thinks, hey, Parrot's fine, I'm fine.
0: I, um, I already know that yeah, he's the guy for for every challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's really cool that you just describe. I think it's crucial what you describe. That maybe because you don't see that as such a, a yeah. monster ahead, uh, it feels that gives a certain uh, yeah. serenity to to the horse. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Cool. And, and it's also um, it's also a very popular traditional event, right? Uh, because, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah so it's gone on for like many many years and um, the results are on like a big board um, like a championship board and you yeah. get engraved when you win and stuff like that and it's very it's very traditional and England like Great Britain is really traditional with some things yeah um, so it's nice I may not be like I've maybe can com- be competed for Great Britain on a few occasions but like the Derby is what is on TV right. people. I'm very lucky that I've had success in the public eye. So it's really helped my career. Mm. Um, and something that I've just found quite natural to me. And then, so I'd say that hicksteds with their Derby and their funny fences has made my career um, what it is now. Yeah, like yeah. I'm very, they've supported me and I've been successful in more of the public eye.
0: It's, it's particularly cool because what you said as well, it's something really a, like a, a kind of a British trademark uh, yeah. <laughs> event. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's also nice for, for your career if you if it's something special and, and you do it uh, so, so particularly um, I well. I
1: think with riders, like in English riders, we've grown up with watching Hickstead and the Derbys on TV. So then I've watched it and I've thought, oh, I really want to do that. Yeah. But I've kind of, it's, it's quite big and it's really scary. So to think now that I'm doing it is really satisfying yeah so i feel like i've achieved something
0: and doing it very well so <laughs> i would Thanks. add on that as well uh Arit, um i think horse riding is also a different or a special sport because there's a lot of uh a lot of conversations about equality in sports nowadays and mm-hmm. i know from my own sport hockey but i also have been talking with female and male athletes in, in other sports so it's it's a big topic and it feels special because here there is a lot of equality in our striding because um, female and male athletes they compete in the Together. same competitions and in the same conditions I I, I I suppose as well so what do you think about that if, if you yeah, ever thought about I- that if you ever crossed your mind
1: it's, it's um it's weird when because you never you never really think of it when you've done it for such a long time um, as that but I think for girls for women we have our our plus the way that we are maybe like as using it as a minority like a majority we are quite soft and we're quite synthetic and um, and we can like we can adapt and then men are quite strong so they can be more physical, and or some not. It depends on what kind of rider. But they they are stronger than most women. So, but it works in both ways. So right. we can be lighter and more athletic, and they can be stronger and more physical, and and each way works. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't personally go and buy a horse that a man had ridden that I knew was a strong rider, All right. and it done really well, and then I I would go. Uh, that's not gonna that that might not work for me okay. i'd more likely buy from a softer man that's not so physical and then or like a woman but just because i think it's very different really? but if you get from a young age it wouldn't really matter if it was one or the other but if they've been trained that's where it changes but it's nice to compete against men and still feel like you know it doesn't matter yeah yeah um, doesn't matter who you are and you can still you can still be as good as if not better than some of
0: them yeah interesting to to hear your insights about that and uh, it makes sense what you said that maybe a horse that is used to a certain style based yeah. on, on strength or, or a higher level of physicality wouldn't, wouldn't match uh, a rider yeah. that is yeah because
1: like some that. some can be really strong yeah. so some can be like you pull them and nothing happens and for me I know that I'm not strong so <laughs> if I bought one that's strong it's not gonna happen yeah, yeah, right. whereas yeah. then you would give him give that one to a bigger man to a stronger man and even weight like help slow them down if you're heavier they'll slow down whereas for me I'm not very heavy and I'm mm-hmm. not very strong so if I got on a big strong horse I think yeah, yeah I yeah, could yeah. do dip- to Portugal, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. I would like to to ask you, uh, on top of what you you said, what is really the proudest moment of your career, or the or, or the or the, the the most important achievement of your career so far? Let's hope it's still to come. But until this point, what? <laughs> what's the most I
1: think important? it's um so one of my achievement wise I jumped on my first one of the biggest competitions that we call a five-star competition yes. um and I jumped with Henry and I'd never jumped for Great Britain um, at that level at five-star level so the biggest level um and I jumped clear um and I, so my point so that means my points were zero sure. which is lowest score is the best so yeah. zero is really good and I think that was a really big achievement for me because I've, I've like, done what I wanted to achieve in that sense. I'd, I'd got a zero and everything was good. And that was one of my biggest achievements. But also with the derby, that also, to have the record that we have, um, I've been second in it four times. I've never won, which yeah. is, like, horrible. That Henry hasn't won but um, it's there something that I can try and keep trying to achieve yeah. but I've won the speed derby the smaller one I've won twice um, and I think the achievement of still going in four years in a row and not taking the pressure of everyone thinking are you going to win are you going to do it are yeah. you going to do it and to be so close yeah. so many times I think so makes consistent. me feel that I've not let the pressure yeah it's it's an amazing achievement yeah. to be most of the time people win and then they, they don't like they come back or it's not so good yeah. and it's not so consistent. Right, right. But to be so consistent is one of my biggest achievements as well.
0: Well I totally agree with you, you know, because I think for people outside of the sport or for people that don't leave sport as their daily occupation, it's very easy to say, yeah, only the, the, the winner is is, is the best, yeah. one and that's the yeah. only thing it matters. And and okay, of course, <laughs> there's nothing better than, than, than to yeah. win. But I think if you are really uh, in the sport, you know that sometimes you are in finals or sometimes it's just a, an element of luck or something that is, is missing. And mm-hmm. I think it tells me that if you are four years in a row in the second, place you are really good so i can i can i respect and i admire that you say that is that is one of your biggest achievements and okay let's keep on going so soon you have the, the first place yeah. and, and yeah. by the way Ari, how did this weird uh lockdown this weird period now affected uh the competitions i suppose a lot for sure but uh, how yeah. does how does that look in your calendar
1: So it's weird, like it's really difficult because um, for me the winter I I don't do so much, and then in the summer I do a lot more because I like being outside, I like being on the grass, and obviously in the winter it's really hard to jump on the grass because the weather depends on how good it's going to be. So I just started in Spain in February um, and did a few weeks there, and the horses were going really well, and I was just starting to get going, Um, and then obviously we had to come home and it was locked down. So it's difficult because some of the horses are ready to like keep going, but you've had to stop. So now it's like some of them, I gave them a little break. So they went out on the field and they had a really nice time and it was like, okay, they can have a rest. Um, And then we'll just wait and see when they're gonna go, like when things are gonna start. So my good horse, I've kept doing a little bit, and then hoping that he can just stay in a nice condition. And then when I need to up the tempo, I can up the work and know and give a direction to go. But at the minute I have no direction for him. Yeah. But how it has helped me is that the younger horses that normally I'm traveling so much, I never have any time for. Yeah, yeah. I've had so much time sure. for So I'm very lucky that I, I, I have to go to work because um, the horses can't do themselves sure. and the staff at home are, looking after them and they live at, they live on the yard so they haven't had to come in and out so they I'm really lucky that I could keep carrying on and just doing some work at home with the younger ones that maybe don't need the shows yeah. um, so now I feel like they've caught up a little bit so I think I don't know what the future is going to be I don't know whether we're going to be allowed to go abroad before the end of this year but um, it doesn't really it doesn't it doesn't stop me massively. And also it's made me like look back. And I think for like a lot of sports people, it's made them kind of assess things, improve things that you wouldn't normally look at. And we've like improved things on the yard and tidied and cleaned everything. And (laughs) it all looks amazing, which really helps with like people coming in and out. And we've used it as time to like renew stuff obviously income there's there's some of the people that own the horses have stayed some of the people that have owned horses have said can I take it back and put it out in the field of mine because I I can't afford this at this time so you have to weigh it up that I'm not making any money and I'm not I can't sell because I can't there's no customers at the moment but if you sit quiet I'm very lucky that I get to be outside every day and and for me, it's, it's, it's difficult with the business side, but, um, mentally it's actually been quite, quite a nice, refreshing. Yeah, yeah. It sounds bad to say nice because it's not nice, but, um, it's refreshed you yeah. and you can reassess what you're doing. And I feel like mentally I feel stronger. So
0: kind of force you to, to have a break, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and
1: actually with horses, we never get a break yeah. and we travel so much that, um, I actually, it was nice. I got yeah. to work at home and do things that I wouldn't normally have time to do. So um, it's been nice so, Yeah,
0: <laughs> of course. And we need to look to the, with the positive uh, yeah. eyes on that because it's it's already enough challenging what's happening around and all the uncertainty. So yeah, uh, yeah interesting to, to see how you invested your time and energy. Some of my best friends are, are, are horse riders, but... Yeah. You don't invest enough time to really know what's their life and what's their sport really in depth, and the other way around. So it, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying the conversation a lot. <laughs> what was your off-pipe uh, moment?
1: So uh, for me, I, it was I went to a five-star competition to represent Great Britain. Um, in Faustabeau, um which is Switzerland, and um, it was a long travel there and for once I didn't drive I was lucky enough to fly out and I sent my horses with another rider and their their groom and for some reason, my horse so Henry is my like good derby one, but I had another I have another horse called Jed who. Um, I do was trying to get he was the one coming below Henry and trying to get him on the five star and everything looked really good and he looked he was way more um, he's more of a show jumping show jumper looking horse he's a lot easier to ride and so it was all looking really right future for him and they selected him for his first big team and I took two, you're allowed to take two um, horses out there so I took the two and traveling out there there was like a bit of trouble with the the borders, and they ended up standing on the lorry for 17 hours which is a really long time for a horse to be standing on the lorry and it's really difficult um but he came off and he was okay he looked a little bit like not sick but he just looked a bit under the weather the travel's hard for them and really tired um and we have what we call a trotter Uh, when you first get to a show this like the first thing you have to do is uh, present your horse to the vet, and they trot them up. So you jog them along on the ground, and they check that they look correct. They're not lame. They, you know, they're not sore in their legs yeah. and stuff like that. And when I took Jed to the trot up, he failed.
0: Whoa.
1: So he looked. He wasn't right. He was sore. He was. He like wasn't moving correct. And I tried to kind of help him a little bit because it was my five star show with him. It was. Yeah really like difficult to kind of see him like that. But I was like, no, he's okay, I'll keep, I can nurse him, he'll be fine. And uh, he failed. So I had team, like team GB, everyone was very disappointed that, you know, I bought this horse, they'd selected him and he'd failed the vet, which he wouldn't, shouldn't do. Like that shouldn't, no one, that never happens. Um, So it was really difficult to kind of feel that everyone, you have five members in a team, Everyone was kind of looking at you like, great. Well, you know, we've gone down to four members. And it, I found it really hard because I just felt, I'm not that people were doing it, but it, I felt judged. I was disappointed in myself for not doing the travel myself. Or um, it was just, everything just really got to me. Right. And then, so I then had Henry there. And then I jumped him in the qualifying class to try and say to them, okay, Jed's not right, but Henry... Henry feels really good. So leave Jed in the stable, but, you know, try this one. And because I think they were a little bit angry with me, they didn't give Henry the opportunity. Really? So I jumped really well the first day. Um, and then dad was like, okay, if they don't want to take you on the team, then do the Grand Prix, which is the biggest competition. Yeah. I had never jumped him in a Grand Prix before. So especially not at a five-star show, Up against the best riders in the world and I was thinking (laughs) I really don't feel like doing that I really don't and um dad was like pick yourself up and I was on my own there so I had no family well my dad flew out so I had no family the first day when it all happened and then my dad was like I'm flying out because I need and you need support so um he flew out and he was like pick yourself up come on we're doing the Grand Prix and just have fun like see what happens and I ended up coming jumping clear in the Grand Prix and coming third wow. and I think I won my like I think we won like 22,000 or something like oh. that and dad was literally like okay and it was like the best feeling ever okay I didn't win but like to feel so low yeah. and to feel like you've let everyone down and to feel even though no one was making me no one was telling me they were disappointed but to feel like judged knowing they yeah. would be disappointed because you have kind of let them down and just feeling really awful and then like henry that is why i say henry is my um, like he will not let you down that boy will not
0: let you down
1: i can't rely on anyone else if there's anyone i can rely on it's henry Yeah. Um, so the way he just kind of the way he changed everything for me and the way i picked myself up to ride really determined and to just go in there and fight was like the best feeling ever yeah. and um, that's probably my half by moment where I kind of was like, Whoa, I am strong enough to do do this. I can cope with like the mental like the the issues that do come across that you can't even predict. Like there's no way I could predict that Jed was gonna feel like he did when sure, he got there. But sure. um Henry like I I'd still very determined and I wanted to achieve as much as I could. So I think yeah.
0: Well that's that a was a perfect half by <laughs> moment because one day you are in the, one of the lowest points of your career, yeah. and the other day it's one of your best results ever then, right? Yeah. If, if you yeah, it third is. place in, yeah. in a five-star um, competition <laughs> Thank you very much uh, for, for the sharing that story, Ariad, and now we are almost in the end, just wanted to, to ask you uh, quickly, what does the future look like, or what, what are your goals uh, for the coming period knowing that we still there's still a lot of uncertainty in terms of, of restarting of of the competitions and and the possibility to travel abroad but let's think positive let's think that in a couple of months maybe things get back to more normal so yeah. what are your uh goals
1: well i i would like to like get jed so i still have jed to the point where i can like com- nothing like compete on five star and not and not have these problems that I've had. Um, And then also to aim Henry again for the Derby and try and get that win because he really deserves it. He deserves to be on the board for winning it. And um, he's done so much for me. So I just feel that's like for him, if being near the end of his career, I just want to make it nice and happy for him. And if he can can achieve that, it would just be uh, the best feeling ever. So yeah, I think I'd aim for that.
0: Well, I need to tell you that uh, from now on I will try to to follow your career and I will certainly try to follow every career as well. I'm very curious about it. Okay, well, very last question for you is uh, if you you have someone that you would like to see in this kind of conversation, in this podcast. So maybe one person from your own sport community and then someone from outside the horse world?
1: Um, So someone from my own sport would be someone uh, called James Wilson. He is someone that has worked really hard um, and has suddenly got to this really big level where he was producing horses all the time and then suddenly the last two years he's got a really good horse and he's doing it with one horse, um, not with a team of like five or six. And he's really really putting his name on the board in the World Cups, in the five-star division, in everything like that. And I think his career is really interesting. So he would be someone from my sport. And then it's really, I don't know, from another sport, it's going to have to be like quite a big name, but I absolutely love Andy Murray and I think tennis. I just think he would just, he's classic and um, he... He just—I well. think he's emotional. Like yeah. I love his emotions. So, someone like him, yeah, I really like. So, yeah. Okay,
0: noted. Uh, I think it will be difficult for me to get his, his, his phone number <laughs> for, for the moment. But, yeah. but we we need to think big, and I, I hope that in a couple of months uh, he will contact me to to be in the yeah. podcast. Yeah, we'll try. <laughs> uh, well, Ariad, thank you very much for your time for your availability to. To share a little bit about thank your you. life and about your career. I think it uh, was very refreshing. It's always refreshing to hear someone from a different kind of sport or not the most popular sport out there in the media or the social media. So I think it's really original and really cool. So yeah, from my side, from our side, thank you very much and uh, all the best for the, the coming months.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> What? <laughs>